Oh, I'm oh, oh my god. Officer down. Officer down. There's a gun war going on here. A little bit of shooting down here. I got a 187 in a gangbang situation. Ah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. We are just another movie night, and I am Scott. I'm Joe. She is Joe. She is. I'm extra Joe today. She's my partner, my lover, my muse, my sweetheart. Aww. The love of my life. Aww. And sometimes I just want to kiss her to death, and sometimes. He wants to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't. No one call the cops. Uh, or no. I'm sorry. Uh, please don't call the cops. No. What is that? What is <laughs> we that? Got, guy? <laughs> we got a one over here. <laughs> what's domestic violence? Well, you what's domestic violence? <laughs> we got a. Uh, we got a domestic dispute over here. Yeah. Two crazy <laughs> podcasters <laughs> freaking out over here. An eight fifteen on a bad movie. Um. <laughs> okay, so look, guys. We were originally going to just do an episode with some movie reviews in it. And one of those movies, we were going to catch up and do a whole bunch of different movies that we were catching up on. Because there's so many movies out there right now and we're really behind. And we were like, let's do a month, like a whole bunch. And so we're like, well, get and check out a couple movies this weekend. Well, about five, ten minutes into this movie, we were laughing and we could not believe how shitty this movie was. And of course, that brings us to where we are right now, which is talking trash. Talking trash. Talking trash indeed, because tonight we are talking about John Woo's return to America with another piece of garbage called Silent Night, just in time for the holidays. <sighs> I just still can't believe what I watched. This, is, this one was mind-blowing. It is such a mess. You know, we were talking about the perfect bad movie. Like, when people always ask us, like, what what, what do you guys think a bad movie is? Like, you're really into it. Why do you listen to, why do you watch bad movies on purpose and all that? Like, I don't think anybody ever goes in purposely looking to watch a bad movie. I think you always kind of, well, at least us. I think we kind of hope to be surprised. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that happens. And sometimes it really fails. <laughs> and so I went in this one thinking, okay, John Woo's back. They're going to do something interesting. You know, there I've seen a lot of John Woo stuff. And I know he's got a lot of these, these tropes and these problems. But I thought he, he does do action well to a fault. And I thought, well, this is going to have a, this is a concept movie. This is going to be a movie without much dialogue. This could be really interesting. And then when I, and then the first, I, I right really quick into this film, I realized we were in for trouble. 
<laughs> Wait, when what? did you realize it? When? There exactly? Was, okay. There was a moment. Okay. This is talking truck. I just want to point this out before I get into it too far. I just want to say, we're going to spoil this movie. And I think we can tell you this. I, I think I can speak for both of us when I say, you need to see this thing to believe it. But I also will caution you, you really shouldn't see it. But if you're, if that question happens where you're thinking to yourself, what is a bad movie? What is, what is bad? This movie has it in spades. All problems in film, you can find it in this movie. So since this is talking trash, we're going to spoil the movie. We're going to talk about it. And this is one of those rare times where I can't even edit into this movie because into our episode to put jokes in because there is no dialogue in this film. Yeah, when they say silent night, they really mean silent night. It's there's a lot of sound effects, there's they can't fully um produce that promise of no dialogue because there are some words. Mm-hmm. Uh I think you can hear the wife in one moment speak. He uses the device on his throat. He says like one word. There, there's a couple moments here. Sporadic, yeah. you know, here and there, dialogue yeah. coming off like a two-way radio, police radio. Yeah, which we were talking about, which we were joking around in the opening. Yeah, there, there there's just like, there's <laughs> some stuff like that sneaking by. But the moment I knew we were in for a fucking shit show was when a parrot flew onto a window. So, Really? That, that was, was the, the moment. moment. Wow. Okay. Huh. And the reason I say that is if anybody knows John Woo. Now, I guess I should say that who John Woo is, the director. He was a very big uh, Asian director. He had made two classics, Hard Boiled and The Killers. And that success made him come over to America. Unfortunately, his arrival in America was a debacle after debacle. Uh, the first one is the Van Damme movie, Hard Target. <laughs> then he followed that one up with Broken Arrow with Christian Slater and John Travolta. Mm-hmm. And then he made probably his his biggest and most loved American film, which is Face Off. Face Off, yeah. Now, take it or leave it how you feel on that movie. I think that it is a so bad it's good movie that's almost like in the good territory because it's so cheesy and so ridiculous and so insane. And it's got Nicolas Cage going apeshit again. Which we love. And so you kind of like, I think people just really enjoy it. It also came out in a time where a lot of kids, it hit for them and they grew up loving it regardless of how bad it is. Yeah. Well, I bring all this up because, oh, and pretty much after Face Off, he did Mission Impossible 2, which is the worst one. He did Paycheck also. Yes. He did Paycheck. <laughs> Pre- yeah, it's terrible. Pretty much ends his career in America. <laughs> he goes back overseas and he starts filming more movies over there. This is his first return to America cinema. And now, the reason I wanted to bring all this up was that John Woo has his tropes and one of those bad ones is he loves doves 
He puts doves in all of his movies. Doves in every shot. It's some kind of thing that means something to him. It's so important to him to have doves shooting out of certain shots. Well, I thought, he's got to know now not to do that shit anymore. Yeah, well, this time he used a, a black and blue bird. Um, it, it wasn't, wasn't a parrot. It wasn't a dove. It wasn't a parrot. Like it looked like a parrot. That's the only reason I said it. No, um, it's... It's one of those birds that's native to, like, Phoenix, Arizona. But, um, yeah, it, it. I think it's a love bird, actually. But, yeah, it was not a dove. So, but Regardless, it, the reason I say it was because a bird showed up. And I was like, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> well, that's not that's not the moment where I, I thought this is going to be a complete shit show. It was further in? Yeah. Oh, cause it started, I, I started feeling the pain. Probably at like the oh oh I wasn't mm. saying the pain just the first sign of something. Oh to come. okay okay yeah because I said it's not a dove. He didn't have a dove fly on the window and stare at him. For if for oh it's symbolic no shit right yeah. instead he was like like you said uh, I look like a parrot and I thought that was a symbolic meaning of how he can't talk because the main character in this movie we find out was shot in the throat after his son was killed in a gang uh, In a drive-by, but a it drive wasn't by. like a... It was They were shooting at each other from their cars. It, it was comical and ridiculous, but the kid, the poor little kid, got hit. And so Joel Kinnaman, who he's is the, main he's a main star, he lost his son in this, and the grief was just too much. So um, we see him in the opening chasing down the bad guys and, you know, running after them and stuff. And he gets shot by this okay multiple times multiple times but this this guy okay so he's a leader of a gang his face can only be described as like he let his children color on his head like draw on his head like he had the most not real ridiculous tattoos i have ever seen in my life and i know that you know, people like their own things and they have tattoos for whatever meaning that means something to them. And I get it. Okay, fine. But holy shit, this guy's fucking face. Um, no, he does not have those tattoos for real. Good. Um, he looks like a regular dude. But wow. Right off the bat, I was like, oh, Jesus, this is going to be our bad guy. Like this is, And this is a clear revenge flick. Guy's son was killed in a gang war, um, and so now, the you know he got shot in the throat. He cannot speak, so hence the movie is pretty much just no talking and there's no dialogue really, uh, not on his part anyway because he can't speak anymore. But he's got a wife, um, and she's also grieving the loss of their son, which was on Christmas eve or i want to say or christmas day where this happened when the kid gets killed it seems like it's christmas day but i cannot be sure yeah i think it's christmas day it's 2021 christmas day and uh so we and what seems to be la okay i I just have a question this family literally lives in gang city i I don't understand there's a shot of his neighborhood where it looks like Mm -hmm. trash was dumped into the street yeah and I could not tell what was happening. It just seems like one street over is like Gang City. What? Okay, hold on. Where, In the opening of this film, he's running after these two cars, right? And 
it's insane, first off, that he knows exactly how to get there through back alleys. But every time he jumps over a wall of some sort or in, over into a ditch, he ends up in shanty towns, like just homelessville. But he seems shocked every time he does it. Yeah, like, wh- where do you think you're running to? And first of all, what was his game plan? So your kid no is literally lying in the grass in, in your front yard. So you take off running in your Christmas sweater down the street after these gangs who, mind you, all have machine guns and they're freaking armed and dangerous. And you're running after them. I, I don't understand what his game plan was. So, Whatever. Yeah, but we we can't we cannot bury what's insane right off the bat in this movie. What's insane besides him running in a Christmas sweater in L.A. weather? Yes, which is really weird. Yes, um, and also that he seems to know how to find them and cut them off by running, mm-hmm. but he also seems shocked about his neighborhood being shit. I, it's weird. But what's really amazing is the gun battle. That's happening in this movie. No cops are anywhere near here. This is a funny ass thing with movies. In this movie, cops don't exist. I mean, I know that. You know what? Okay, here's the thing. I think I just um, I realized something. It is not L.A. that is being filmed in. It is actually Austin, Texas, because they say San Paloma Police Department. And wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could swear it was L.A. the whole time. But all right. Uh, the, how could you tell? It looks. Like L.A., but it's that famous street where nobody's ever out. I know. That's it, the whole movie is like that. It's very unpopulated. It feels like a set. It's This movie has so many bad problems, but this gun battle that is happening in the streets of the city yeah. is going... These two cars are shooting machine guns at each other with two... People are hanging outside the window... It's going on for city blocks. Mm-hmm. Round and round, they're shooting each other, not particularly hitting each other, just randomly shooting. Sometimes you'll see a person get hit, and then that person seems to just go back into the car and come back out. Yeah, they're like literally on top of each other, but they're not, none of their bullets are hitting. They're spraying each other with yeah. freaking machine guns. It's like that scene it's like in Whack a Mole. It's like that scene in Naked Gun. <laughs> Frank Drebin is like right behind literally the trash can. right next to the guy behind that, the trash yes, can. And that's it's just this like movie. pew 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 pew. Oh my God. And he throws the gun at him and hits yeah, him. He throws the gun. It's like Whack a Mole. People just keep popping up to shoot, and they're that comical gangster. Mm-hmm. That uh, the Spanish gangster, where he's got like the bandana and sunglasses and a white wife beater. Yeah, they're like that's lo- it. Los Locos. Machine gun. Yeah, they're like Los Locos in, in a Johnny Five movie. <laughs> this is absurd. It, it what's ha- and then somehow he manages to catch up to them. It's a it's a miracle. Yeah, but his plan is so stupid. He ends up taking a bar. Now, first off. Hitting a, he swings behind um the side of a building, in while the car is coming up to the corner, he swings an eye like a pipe at the at the window of the windshield. I feel like that thing would have sprung back and hit him. Oh, for sure, yeah. The fact that he's able to do that now, what's even more absurd, is it makes him kind of like almost crash, but they're able to just drive after him, and he just runs down an alleyway. 
Yeah, I don't that know. That was his plan. I, I don't understand what, what that whole plan was. It was stupid. But And they can't hit him with machine guns outside of a window no, again. No, no. So, well, the main guy, he gets out of the well, car. He, he and makes he him crash. It was him. one of the cooler things. Yeah, the, the crash is cool. Now, I'm going to say something about this movie. The fight scenes were... Two two of them. Maybe, maybe I'm going to say interesting. one fight scene. Oh, I, I mean, it was... Uh, there was a couple that I was like, ow, that, that looked like it hurt for real. Um, but there, I, There's one that really impressed me. And then that's the, I'm, oh, this movie, that's why I'm so mad. Like, oh, you were about to say it. Let's just finish that real fast. Uh, he makes them crash into a forklift and a guy's head gets knocked right off. But the driver is, is able to survive it and then get out of his car and just shoot our, the main character once in the back, make him fall. And then he shoots him in the throat. Yeah, it doesn't seem like anybody uses headshots in this movie. Especially if you're like a gang member, you would go for the head. But whatever. That's not what happens here. Um, so, guy ends up in the hospital. We fast forward to his wife running. Oh my god, oh my god. He was shot. Yeah, we gotta talk about that. This is where the directing is so fucking bad. They keep doing this thing where they zoom into her eyes... Yeah, it's and weird. And they pa- almost pause on her eyes multiple times. These jarring zoom shots yeah, that linger I've, like a like a f- photograph. I feel like I was in a Bava movie. It's weird. <laughs> it, it's so weird and very cheap. And this movie has that a lot. There's a lot of shots that are unfocused. Terrible yeah. edits. There's an edit in the... Uh, the well, we'll get to it, but uh, just very badly done the hospital that he's in is even comical it's like a white room like it's a insane asylum it look it really looks like um some kind of experimental lab it doesn't look like a hospital it's really weird it's every shot in this movie feels very fake very cheap and very like just really strange like something always feels off with every scene yeah, it really does. Like, the whole movie is just, I feel, I don't know why they picked this actor, first of all, because he doesn't give vibes of, like, that he should be in a movie like this. It's weird. I but actually I disagree. Think, I mean, I think that's why they picked him, because he doesn't come off as, like, you know, it's like that movie Nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you would, he, you know, he's unassuming. He's just Bob Odenkirk. He's, like, completely unassuming. So yeah, that's what it makes work. Yeah. Why they picked this guy, but, like, I, I'm just... I don't know. He tries to do a lot of acting with his face, but sometimes it comes off really, really like and that's goofy. Why I have to say that's where I think it comes out to the director because I actually think this guy is decent. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good actor. Uh, he was great on House of Cards. We've seen him in things. He manages to make his stuff in Suicide Squad, both Suicide Squad movies. Well, he makes them good. Yeah, he's even when uh, it's trash Rick Flag, right? It's yeah, it's Rick, Rick Flag. Flag. Yeah, he he's good. But in this movie, the direct some of the some of the shots on him are embarrassing. Oh, I will. That's what I'm trying to say. Like he, he just came off as really goofy. Like he was acting with his eyes at one point. Oh, it's bad. And he was going cross-eyed, and I'm like, okay, come on, dial it back a bit because you look insane. And I know you're supposed to be insane because you know he lost his kid and he wants to exact revenge on these, you know, freaking Los Locos or whatever. And he's insane. But like he goes to like the 900th degree with his acting and his face. And I know it's hard because he doesn't he cannot speak. So he has to act with his face. Yeah. But he's just not 
bringing it home for me. No, no, He looks like Uh, a psycho. It's... Okay, so I brought up, and he's in the hospital, he survives, of course, somehow he survives a throat wound, he only loses his voice, his voice box is damaged, his wife uh, is in the hospital, after losing a child, now has to deal with this idiot. Yep. So she's covered in blood and waiting on him. And, of course, when he wakes up, he's not helpful to her at all. In fact, even when she hands him a new voice box modulator type thing he freaks out and throws it and he's just lunatic level mm-hmm. and this poor woman throughout this movie you feel terrible for yeah uh, it's christmas she lost her son yes and, and her then husband, her husband you know, like runs out and gets shot this is this is like the worst day of this woman's entire, entire life. life and she's the strongest one in the whole movie yeah um and she's not even in it she's in it to have shots of her eyes crying constantly mm-hmm. it's embarrassing it's yeah, yeah. it's but, bad. W- w- so this is the moment though where the bird lands on the outside the window and he stares at it. Now I thought it was a parrot only because I thought it was like this metaphor for him not being able to talk and the bird can talk. No, I, I get why you thought that, but no, it was definitely a, it was a then, love bird. Why then? Like so, it's just love. It His was, love. It was a love bird. Yeah, I read it's, it. It's just like yeah, but like that's the point. That's why we have this shot. I mean, I guess. Uh, and then you think because this bird shows up that you do the normal thing where you set up and pay off. <laughs> this movie is like, fuck that. There, no. We're mm-hmm. not going to do any of that in this movie. We're not going to set up and pay off at all. They're not going to bring this bird back once. Yeah, no. They don't bring that back at all. It means nothing. It, it means, means nothing. nothing. But the worst thing about this is that he he starts going sinking you know worse and worse in his insanity and which means full bottles of vodka to being guzzled i mean full full bottles and so the only way he can really communicate with his wife is via text message so you see that they're slowly just slipping away from each other he's gone mental he wants to exact revenge on these you know gang <laughs> gang bangers and uh he he starts building himself like you know, he starts, you know, getting all muscles and working out and learning how he can, you know, learning self-defense. And he's practicing with a, you know, a dummy and all this stuff like to beat up. And I mean, it's just well, the, the yeah. montages are so extra. It, and that's not, that's the thing. It's not a montage. It's not a montage. It should have been a montage. But there are several, several scenes in the movie that, that show him, you know, lifting weights. and Yeah, this... It's so stupid. The, the 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 gravity of what's happening in this movie. That's why we got to talk about this. Why we're doing talking trash. The gravity of what they do show in the movie is so fucking crazy. We watch at least forty minutes of montage. Yeah. There's a level of now. One half of me was like, "Oh, I've never seen this in a movie where they're actually going to show you the guy getting good." Mm-hmm. Right. And you think that maybe he's going to get good and he's going to go out in night patrols and try to learn. Instead, no. He's going to learn how to drive a car. He's going to learn how to uh, uh, pimp out his car to deal with a warfare. He's going to take gun lessons. He's going to take fighting lessons. He's going to take all these things. He's going to train his body. And we have to watch all of it. If that sounds exciting to you, if you think 45 minutes 
of watching a guy scream and hate his wife, then, uh, then build up his body to go on a fight, and also, I mean, get, he he can't even scream. Yeah, no, you know what I mean. Like, his face screaming. He's doing face like screaming. He, he's just so out of his mind. Yeah, but then also on top of that, the most fucking corny kid stuff. Oh my god, I've never seen anything like this. It's so they friggin' They shove forced. it down your throat so bad. It's like, okay, we understand because we saw the scene where his little boy gets shot. Okay, we saw it. So why do you have to keep putting his face in Christmas ornaments and in the cloud and he's having dreams about his kid. But these and scenes with his kid. It's so extra. Oh it's my like, God. Oh my God. Like, the, I mean, he's literally, he sees him in like, you know, in reflections and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, we get why you're doing this, dude. You don't need to keep showing us this. It, and- it only works if he's starting to lose his mission. If things are making him sway away from the revenge and then he sees him again and then he remembers, right. maybe this movie just wants you to constantly see it and and almost not like our main character. Like the, we get a scene of a music, there's like 14 layers of this child being in his life and in the movie, right? We have a train set. We have him sleeping in his bed having thoughts about him, him seeing him in random other kids, also a music box. Mm-hmm. And all of those things get at least 10 minutes each. See, here's the thing. I, I That is like so shoved down your throat. But the thing that bothers me is not even so much that. What bothers me is the pure, like, illogical factor of this guy's whole life okay so you are living with your wife and son in like gangland usa yes that's literally the next street over yeah and you can afford to go down a back alley and buy a mustang a like you know used mustang yeah i feel like every element here that you're about to talk about it feels like it needs its own section of talking about because just this car alone i'm baffled by he buys this from some like you know what is it random kid down a back alley or something is it stolen is it probably is it special because it's the batmobile it's a mustang yes it's a mustang and he buys this car and he gives the, the kid a wad of cash so it's like Oh, okay. So you have all this money from your job working at the cable company or wherever He's he an works. electrician. Okay. So you have all this money to just outright buy this car cash, but you can't move your family out of gangland USA? Yeah, he doesn't even have his own car. No, he shares a car with his wife. His, no, his yeah, and his buddy drives him drives home. Drives him home. So you're telling me that you have all this money. Now this comes in again, this money factor, because his wife takes off and fucking leaves him because of all this, you know, he's constantly obsessed with revenge. So she leaves him. Now who the fuck is paying the bills on this house? This woman is gone. She seems to be the only one that's working. He hasn't worked one single day since his accident. So Who's paying the bills in this house, first of all? Yeah. But he buys a bag full of fucking guns. Yeah, we got to talk about, he. she's taking care of him while he's in the hospital. Now, we got to guess that he's in physical therapy and in the hospital for a very long time. Yes. When he finally gets home, 
the Christmas tree is still up. Yep. And I was like, this woman has to go home every night. You know, she she's going home. Mm-hmm. And she's staring at that day that sucks for the rest of her life. And she never took, she never got to the point where she took any of it down. Although in the movie, while our main character, Joel Kinnaman, right? Mm-hmm. He can't get over it. She seems to get over it, but not remove any of that stuff. I know. You think the first thing you would do is throw that goddamn Christmas tree out, get rid of those Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. I mean, for real. I but cannot like, believe that it, shit. I just don't understand why. But yes, the money. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like, who she leaves him and who's paying these bills? That's number one. And then he buys a bag full of fucking guns with a wad of cash. A wad. And it must have been thousands of dollars. Now, I'm just curious, okay? If you live in a situation where gangs are driving by your home, shooting machine guns out their car windows, maybe you might want to move. Yeah. Maybe you put your house on the market and take that money that you're spending to buy a car and guns and move your family out of there. Yeah. I'm just saying. So, (laughs) beyond that, he's... Not only paying for the guns, he's paying for military equipment. He has like a military knife. He has um, body armor. Mm-hmm. So much body armor that he's able to strip the inside of his car, this new Mustang, and load the walls with body armor. Yeah. Now, okay, that's interesting. But the glass is not breakable in this car. Like, you can't break the glass. It Throughout this movie, he's getting shot at, and the glass never breaks. Maybe he which paid made for, think, like, you know, I If he got glass. bulletproof glass in this thing, I, I how do you even do that? Like, this fucking dill hole. Like, how do you have all the money to, you know, to, to spruce up this car and jack it up with all this, like, you know, all these upgrades and shit? And you literally live in a shithole town and your family, you just lost your son. Like, honestly, how, how do you have all this money to do this? I don't understand. And his wife leaves him and he doesn't even give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. And it is also jarring because they never talk. They only talk through text messages and he's drunk in the in the, uh, the garage. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene, she's just laying on his lap. And yeah. then it was like, oh, wait, what's going on? They finally made up. And then they're like, no, I'm leaving you now. Yeah, so what? she was like, she was like, have, they were having a tender moment, and so we're like, okay, so she's walking towards the bedroom, and I thought they were going to go and like, you know, have Which sex or something. Which is what they wanted us to think, I guess. No, she grabs her fucking suitcase and leaves. leaves. I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what's happening in this movie, but, you know, if, if let me tell you something. If this situation, if I was in a situation like this, and I knew that you were going to go ape shit and start, you know, trying to kill gang members or whatever, I would definitely go to the police because I'd be scared for you. And this woman well, she, doesn't I don't do know if she ever that. notices that because she never looks into his life at all. She doesn't. She refuses to go near him. She's letting him. Who? Why do you keep stocking up the kitchen with alcohol for him to drink? Because right. every time in this movie, he keeps reaching into the the um the refrigerator and pulling out a like a bottle of Sky Vodka. Like mm-hmm. it's not even Sky Vodka, but it is a vodka bottle that he drinks like water. Yeah, multiple times, and then they show a scene where he's just got like fifteen bottles. Who's giving him this alcohol? If she's got to be doing it and she's not going to that garage, 
She's not seeing his brand new car that he's stripping. What what is happening? And and what's really funny is one day he just wakes up and goes, you know what? I think that my son would want me to kill everybody. Yep. Well, of course, there's no dialogue, so you don't really get that. But that's what you're assuming that he's thinking. Well, you go to the um, he goes to the police station, like you. He think finds he's his gonna... card. This this cop gave him a card. He put it on his table, although they never met. Right. He put a, a detective card on his table. So when he gets out of his trance of being a drunk, he decides to look at the card and go go see this guy, this detective. And he goes to this guy's. Uh, this is great too. Since there's no dialogue, they have to cut through him talking to the front person and telling them that he wants to meet with this guy, this detective. So instead of showing that scene, he's just randomly sitting in his office waiting for him. And that's crazy because on in back of him is an entire billboard of all the crime people that he's after. It's like the most wanted, the, the, the police most wanted well it's his office and he's doing the gang violence stuff so he it's almost like a connection board who knows who type of thing yeah and so he so our main character takes pictures of this board because he those are the guys that he wants to kill yeah but why who would put him in this room with actual information right first of all you don't meet in rooms like that yeah that's just insane first of all so he's taking photographs of all these people and especially he sees tattoo head and he's like that motherfucker is the one who shot me. So I got to do this. So he leaves there. He leaves the police station without even seeing the cop, which is played by Kid Cudi. Is that how you say his name? Kid Cudi? Oh, is that who that is? Yeah. I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, it's Kid, Kid Cudi. I think that's how you say it. Um, and so, you know, he's the cop comes out of his whatever room he's in and he sees him and getting in the elevator and he's like, wait, I didn't even have a chance to talk to him. And he's like staring at him. Like he looks like he did something, you know? Yeah. And nothing ever materializes out of that. But the it's, I was like wondering at this point, I'm like, okay, he's been training. He's been shooting. He's been learning. He's, you know, when the hell are we going to get the freaking payback? When are we yeah. going to get the carnage? When are we going to get carnage? And Ugh, It was an hour and 15 minutes in before we even got anyone to get beat up. And it was ridiculous. What really pisses me off is that he doesn't go out and learn. There's no like trial by error type of thing. Not him learning. This movie thinks it's the Punisher or it's Daredevil or it's some kind of other like thing like those things. You know, even even like in the action, it kind of thinks it's something special, like John Wick at certain times. Yes. It thinks it's um. all these things, but it can't even get close to any of those things. None of the action or I, things that actually come are never worthy of what weight we've had. And it doesn't end with him and his son. Like, it, it just keeps happening. There's a scene where he goes to his grave. It's like, it doesn't end. But he finally goes... And does something. And the first thing he does is he... By the way, we got to point this out too. He just goes on a building. He knows exactly where these guys all are. And and they're all with their windows wide open. Not only shuffling through money. Not only doing drugs and almost having sex. But also loading up machine guns. It is the most comical thing I have ever seen. Like any bad guy moment you can possibly have in, in in a movie. There are... Five different floors in this building happening of that. One sniffing, you know, uh, cocaine or whatever. And the other one is counting huge, huge piles, like comically huge piles of cash. Then one's trying to bang his girlfriend. Then the other one is loading guns. It's like, okay. A wall full of guns. 
It's and, ridiculous. And I, I kept thinking to myself, how are these gangsters, how have they not been overthrown yet? Or how have the cops not caught them when they're doing everything right here in the open? And this idiot, an electrician, got all he did was go buy a, a super expensive camera. Okay, so let's just add that to the- A super thousand dollar camera. Yeah, yeah. a thousand dollars? a huge I think the lens a itself is a thousand dollars. Lens. That camera is no less than five grand. Okay. And so that's another thing that he fucking purchased when he yeah. could have been moving his goddamn family out of the, the goddamn neighborhood. The fact that he is now also really good at finding criminals and also photography. Oh, he's excellent. He, he, he can actually take photos wow. with one eye open. Yes, and he he can zoom in really well. And, and get, like, every single square pore and every single inch of these people's faces. But not to mention, the car, as it's about to drive away, the entire tag number and yeah, everything. Yes, yeah. He, he has both eyes open for dramatic effect, I think. You have one eye down the lens, and the other eye is just wide open looking at us, like, pissed off. It's just so I, ridiculous. So, we're... Okay, just can we... Can so, we just also talk about the freaking timeline right now? He has been waiting and learning and practicing and doing research for a year yeah it's it's been a year catching up to the the anniversary of his son's death so that's one year that he has been like lurking stalking researching and planning this attack for his revenge for one year yeah and it wouldn't even be a full year because he was an alcoholic and in the hospital for at least, at least four months. Okay, so let's say it's six months, okay? Let's Just say it took him six, six months of of doing what he was doing to get ready for so these, this couple nights. In six months, he did not go to work once. No. He lost his wife. Yeah. He's in a training montage. He learned how to fight. He learned how to shoot. He was an alcoholic. Then he kicked the alcoholism. Yes, he got a six pack. He, <laughs> he gets a six pack. He purchased an array of uh, expensive items, such as a car, a camera with like a big like telescopic lens, training dummies, um, training dummies, um, knives, uh, guns, and all that um, in that amount of time. This and so, so he could literally go and kill. The freaking it's the best. gang members. Oh, and he God. starts with this random gang member. Uh, he's the one counting the money. Because he seems to be the guy that handles the money. He's so the he accountant. decides that he's the guy. Yeah. It, it, he can, he goes into this guy's house and you think this is going to be a big thing. Because you think he's going to have guards with him or girls in the house or something's going to happen. No, he knocks this guy out instantly. Yeah. And is able to tie him up in his garage. Here's another thing that's just amazing about this. Now, they are... Okay. Their lair is in, like, a body and paint building. Like, a warehouse. Oh, the main... Oh, the yeah, where guys. they keep their, you know, their stash of, you know, criminal things. But this guy lives in a freaking estate compound. Yes. Okay? And he is... I mean, I'm talking uh, perfection, this house. I mean, it's beautiful. It's got, like... You know, glass everywhere. It's beautiful. This guy. And he doesn't have one goon protecting his ass. Nothing. And it's he's just the easy. big guy. Yeah, you just walk right into his house and yeah. take him out. Boom. But it's it's just unbelievable. Now, this is actually the my favorite part in the whole movie. The only thing that I think is worth a damn in the film is there 
he brings him, he ties him up in his, in his garage and he tortures him and he wants him. He doesn't even torture him. He's just kind of messing with him. He has him like hogtied, but he wants him to fill out forms. He has questionnaires that he wants this guy to fill out. Mm-hmm. And his idea of how to threaten him, he wears a welding mask to headbutt him. And he sticks his knife into the uh, thing to scare him and leaves it in the desk. Which openly lets this guy use it to cut his ropes and fight back. <laughs> they didn't right? teach you anything no. in that self-defense video yeah. of like well, maybe the criminal sense. getting out of the situation. So here's what I kind of like. I kind of like... Tooth. I, I like some things about this movie. That's why I'm so mad because I love seeing a. You never see movies where the person has to train to be a badass. Right? I mean, rarely. Yeah, it, it does go on way too long. I cannot yes. believe they did it as long as they did it. Uh, that could have easily been a five minute montage, um, with the calendar flying by or something. And then also, I like that he is learning. And he's getting hurt. Now, one of the reasons I love Daredevil and the show from the Netflix and the Disney Plus, now Disney Plus shows, the the Daredevil show and the Punisher show is you see them fail. Mm-hmm. You see them get hurt. Yeah. They're fucked up when they're fighting people. And I like when movies are able to do that, showing you that there's a downside. Like, oh, I want to do this thing, but I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm still a human being. Right. So mm-hmm. I kind of love him. He doesn't know what he's doing. And this, and he hasn't ever killed anybody before. He hasn't done these things that he's trying to do. That's why you kind of need scenes to set up slowly him becoming a badass. Instead, they just do it this one scene. And it all goes so wrong. And I kind of love that to show that it's going wrong and he's got to fail and he's got to learn. So this fight scene is the best in the movie. This is my favorite part in the movie. It's really well done. The stunt guy is excellent Mm -hmm. they have a fight in his house and it goes on for a while and it's crazy uh the guy the at all costs this guy fights back so he's like hitting him with the laundry door i mean he's really fighting Uh, back and it's great i mean ultimately he gets taken down but he doesn't get killed what happens is joel kinnerman actually hog ties him and throws him on the cop's doorstep, the cop that he was supposed that left in the card, he was supposed to go talk to, he threw him on his doorstep with a note. With a Christmas card <laughs> with that Christmas says, card? I'm going to do what you should have done a long time ago. Oh, and by the way, here's a hard drive. And yep. then he tells him his entire plan. Yep. In the hard drive, which we just watched this guy looking at pictures with arrows all over them. And it is so baffling. And all I kept thinking was, he just told this guy where I'm going to be in the next few minutes every day. Yeah, and but it was the most useless information until he got to the photographs of them, you know, in the in the car, the body and paint building that they were in. Otherwise, all that information was was pointless. I mean, not not well pointless in what way in the it didn't, movies? It didn't point to Joel, you know, Joel Kinnerman being the one that dumped him there. It didn't point to that, but it told him, oh, I'm going to hit these locations. I'm going after these people. All this cop has to do now is go after him. Yeah. Like, go after these spots, watch these spots, and like a sting operation, take this guy down. Bring some SWAT. Bring somebody. That's all they have to do, but they don't. Who cares? Anyone. The freaking National Guard. Bring someone. 
But he doesn't. He, he just doesn't do anything. This cop. He is completely useless in this movie. Yeah, it's very strange. This character is very very strange. There, I mean, there's no emotion coming out of his face either. It's like he's not even trying to act. Yeah, he just kind of seems shocked. Like, oh, huh. <laughs> and you know what's really funny now? A guy was tied up and put on this guy's do- doorstep. And then they cop. The next scene is them cops still handcuffed him, throwing him in the back seat. Now he he was kidnapped, and thrown on this guy's doorstep. What are they getting him on? Right, I guess because what's on the hard drive? No, that's not evidence. I don't know. That's they don't some, really have any reason. That's a vigilante. They just arrested him because he's in a gang, obviously. It, it, well, no, he's not. Obviously, he was free. They never went after him before. He's obviously clean enough where the cops can't figure out how to take him down. I guess you're right. I mean, there is no rhyme or reason to the, why they took him in. There's, there's no he reason. He would get out. And there, he, he would, would be, be like, instantly out. Yeah, he would and get he, out and he'd be like, okay, this motherfucker, he kidnapped my ass, threw me over the banister, beat the shit out of me, let's go get him. Yeah. Breaking and entering kidnapping i've seen his face i can identify him uh-huh he saw his face but before never he can even back. do that never comes back at all never um joel kinnerman just gets in the car and in his mustang and he starts perusing the streets and let me tell you i have never seen anything like this movie on every single corner in this movie yes there is crime happening okay mike again why do you live in this neighborhood why yeah and and he comes upon a an assault and battery of two people, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go after these two people." And they steal these people's money, and then he goes and he runs one against the wall and guts him with a knife. Yeah, and then the cool. other one jumps on his hood, and he has to, he gets his gun and shoots him on the hood. It's a, supposed to be a funny scene. And I guess it's kind of comical because it's so crazy. I mean, is it though? But it's the first time he's ever killed somebody. But now he's he's got the stomach for it because he throws up. And now he's like, now I can kill people. Yeah, he threw up. He got so it out I'm of his system. In. So now he's he's ready. He's he's a badass. He just puked up his Yeah. The his, next uh, scene courage. is so weird. There is a man bodybuilding. And Joe Kinderman throws a what looks like a burrito over, over the wall. And it lands yeah. in front of him. And now I'm thinking it's a bomb and he's going to go attack these people and it's going to be a cool scene. It's going to be a movie now. And it's it's not. It This guy just puts on his weights, goes over, picks it up like it's out of problem, walks upstairs to his boss, who, by the way, his boss is the same guy. Tattoo head. That ha- ha- just so happens that the main villain of, the, of Joel Kinnaman's life, the guy that he's trying to get revenge on, is also the head of the gang. Of course he is. He's the big, big... Uh, honcho he has a girlfriend and he she's addicted to heroin and he keeps injecting her with heroin like there's no showing us this like what i mean what is the point i don't understand why what does that have to do with this the plot of this movie at all this this little like hooker that he's got hanging around and he's injecting her yeah i don't know so they can tell us that he's just a piece of shit we already know that yeah he's a big drug dealer like it's so weird and this guy lives in, like you said, a giant crack den building. Right. And his he lives in a huge loft-like area that's just this giant open space that he's turned into a rave. It's so weird. It I'm is like, so I looked at odd. you and I'm like, okay, there are no less than 70 
disco balls hanging from the freaking ceiling. It's not even disco balls. What it's like is it? giant Christmas balls, like those giant ones. Yeah. Oh, like the ones the you see color. in like Hobby Lobby or Michaels yeah. or something. They're hanging from the ceiling. They're hanging from those. the ceiling. And they're like, there's a million of them. And he's got these um, TV screens all around the room, circling the room with. It's not even TV screens. He's got projectors, projectors projecting skulls, skulls all over the walls. Like, what the? F and then he's got this bed. And it's like, you know, that tacky round, you know, love making bed yes. that you see in like, you know, those seedy <laughs> hotels in like spins or whatever. And it's got the, you know, the, the leopard print sheets and all that. And then he's got like a desk. There's a desk in there. And it's like, okay, all right. I've had enough of this. It's like, he's listening to music. We have to talk about the music. It's, imagine like like this just Casio keyboard sound effect in a little bit of a kind of like a score, but then someone going over it like this. Yeah. And that's like the music, and you. There's a part of this movie where you have to listen to that for 20 minutes. Oh, it's brutal. It, it goes on and on, and and you think now I've seen John Woo's other movies. I've seen Face Off, and everybody remember there's a very um, uh, big scene in Face Off where it's like this entire movie where he's got to protect his child during a. It's not his child. It's the villain's child. And he's got to protect him during while they put headphones on him. And so you hear It's a Wonderful World mm -hmm. playing as there's a gun battle. Yeah. Now, I thought this whole movie was going to be that. Like some kind of weird artistic idea on, on action films. Right? None of the music in this movie is good. None of it. It's all... It's you think they're going to do some terrible. cool music to the gun battles but none of it is like that like play some metal or something like i was like i what is this like what is this it's like synthesized junk i was like i can't do this if i'm not mistaken they have a famous rapper who's playing the cop in this it's kid cootie yeah so Cudi, whatever i don't even know if he's a rapper i, I just know that I he's, don't in, he's in music but so you already have music people in your movie and your music in the movie isn't that good it's pretty bad but i don't think he had anything to do with it i i I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out that that's odd. That's like hiring a, a famous punk band as your main characters and then not having any punk music. Oh, I know. That's true. Yeah, it's weird. And also, I don't, I, it's just odd. But anyways, the, it turns out that the burrito looking thing that the guy brings him on the table while he's doing cocaine, he unravels it to show two fingers. We were never told whose fingers these are where he got these fingers we don't understand this at all we're just to assume that he went back to one of the bodies he squished or whatever uh, it just so I, happened that I, the people i don't know I, I don't know either and and so when he sees these fingers this actor that's playing the villain tattoo hit is hilarious he does what i would say is a comical overreaction into a scream Like, okay. He looks at it, gets cross-eyed, and goes. <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. Oh and man! He so the the idea here is if he gives these two fingers to him, he'll think it's the rival gang, and they'll start a turf war. 
Yeah. Which the next shot is literally a turf war at an abandoned gas station. It's like a gutted gas station, and we have a turf war happening between there with some stupid reason, a couple cops in the middle. And that's when everybody's on the uh, the, the CB radios or whatever the hell it is going, uh, it's, it's a turf war. Oh, my God, they're shooting people. Watch out over here. They just won't stop. It's so <laughs> hilariously cheesy. And But to make it worse, <sighs> as the you just got people running by with machine guns, just riddling yeah. back and forth. Now, again, it, here comes my question yet again. How are you living in this neighborhood with just people walking down the street shooting at, people? At this point, I didn't even think about it anymore because at this point, I thought they were on a universal lot. I mean, I just like this is like so it was bad. So comical. I was like, every single corner has some kind of freaking crime. Yeah, someone's getting mugged or shot at or beat down or something on every corner. I'm like, who the fuck lives here? Yeah. And all the there's no stores. All the storefronts are boarded up. Like it looks like a freaking post apocalyptic neighborhood. Yeah, it's like Gotham City. Oh my god! It I mean, this is terrible. why the, I guess this is why he's up. Oh, and by the way, Joel Kinnaman now is dressed like the Punisher. Yes, he has that long he, coat. He, he didn't mm -hmm. put on a skull on his chest, but he does have a bulletproof vest on, mm -hmm. and he's wearing a leather jacket. Yes, a long trench coat leather jacket because he wants the audience to know that he is now in full Punisher mode. He's in full Punisher mode, and he pulls up at the gang war that's happening here, and is able to sit there and watch. Yeah. Nobody shoots at him. Now, this they is... They just a, let him watch them. It's another situation where there are bullets flying all around from multiple machine guns. And I'm talking about in a circular pattern. And not one of them hits his windshield and, not, and not, gets it. Nothing not hits one. anything. And, and he's able to drive into the middle of the gang warfare. Yeah. And randomly just take shots and hit everybody instantly. I think it's amazing because none of their shots land, the, the gang members. No. But his do. Perfectly. And, you know, he could be an open driving window. in full speed ahead with an open window and perfectly nail the guy that's on a rooftop. Yes. Perfectly. It's like that stunt show at Universal where people are just randomly falling oh like God. off the ledges and the fire is going up. Yeah. That's what's happening. But the best character in this scene is there's one random kid live live uh He's videotaping like live, it live streaming live streaming like, it who which, are you sending this to that's this is great too because you think that he's live streaming it to his boss no it turns out they're in a group chat <laughs> they're in a great. group chat they're it, in, the yeah. boss has got a little group chat and they're live <laughs> streaming this kid is doesn't have a gun uh, he's just standing there live streaming he's literally and, walking out into the freaking hail of gunfire with his phone his out phone. and it, it lets the uh, the hero of this movie i guess <laughs> run into him and make him fly i thought that was the funniest thing and then he gets out of his car and the gang warfare has ended he's killed maybe five people and it just ends and he's able to stand in the street and grab this kid's phone and see that he's live streaming and he live streams that he shoots that kid Yes, so he wants the boss to to see that he's, you know, shooting one of his pentejos. But the best no. thing about this is that 
this guy, Tattoo Head, he doesn't give a rat's ass about his goons that are getting killed. He doesn't care at all. Like, he freaks out over the two fingers for what? I don't know. Because he doesn't give a shit. We're not told. There is literally no explanation for a lot of the stuff. This, you said the best part. No, the best part is that, that Joel Kinnaman isn't on the live stream. They don't show his face. But he picks up the phone and live streams that he shoots the guy. And then when this happens, the main bad guy realizes Jolkin and he remembers him. Okay. And so I was like, how? You how? didn't even see his face. There's, first of all, literally 900 people that this guy has killed. Okay. Yeah. But he, the only time he ever, like, he saw him when he shot him in the throat. But how would you, first of all, it was like, that was a year ago. Okay. Um, how would you remember that, number yeah. one? And why would you put two and two together? Like, this guy who's That's just, it. like, it's a family man? Yeah. He's just, like, some... And how do you even know he survived? Because he could have fucking agree. died from those gunshot wounds and you inflicted them, la yeah. like, last year. It's so true. So, and, like, how do you know? And even funnier is earlier in this movie, he goes to a store, a random store, and we don't know why he's there, but in the parking lot there happens to be... There happens to be like a ice cream truck, and it turns out that the main villain is giving ice cream out to kids. Okay, this was a Nino Brown moment, where remember in New Jack City mm -hmm. when the kids in the the building that Nino Brown took over were just running into Nino and he was giving them like two dollars each and just giving out money because he wanted to be like the hero of you know yeah all the kids. Well, this is that moment. He's giving out money to children. This freaking tattoo head. He's a murderer. He's a gang leader. He's a murderer. And he's just giving out money to kids randomly. So Joel Kinnerman sees him and he takes out his knife like he's going to do something. Um, and obviously there's children everywhere. So that doesn't happen. So they get in the car and they drive off. Well, the girlfriend, bump, they bump into him and the girlfriend throws an ice cream all over Joel Kinnerman. He just stands there and takes it. Well, he had to at that point. It seems there weird. Was like, you think they would just follow him and take them out right there. Instead, he just like sits there and pouts and then goes home and does more training. It, more training and more training and more training. only reason I brought this scene up, though, is because he's standing right next to the guy. He doesn't recognize him there. Right. But he recognizes him over a live stream that he doesn't see his face. Right. It's a miracle. I'm it's telling a, you. A, a, Technology a is a, it's a miracle of science because he can literally... Do something while not being on camera and still be on camera. On camera. Can we also talk about how the, the main villain is wearing a Santa coat? Well, it is Christmas. I'm just saying. It's fuck. He never leaves his uh, his lair after the ice cream truck incident. He doesn't leave his lair. He sends goons out to the, get this guy. And there is like another scene of him taking out random bad guys to keep showing up. Never cops. He's killing people in the street. No cops. So does the cops like, not go there? Okay. There was a scene where two cops actually got shot during the, the gang war. Yeah. But other than that, we literally see no cops. Yeah. There's no cops anywhere in this movie except for Kid Cudi, who literally does nothing. Yeah, he does, he's not in this movie, really, until the end again. He, he, now our hero is able to kill a shitload of people in cars who are now having another uh, gang shootout at him. It, he keeps going from one set of bad guys to another. A random guy in a motorcycle shows up. And he's able to fight this guy in the motorcycle. 
and he finally loses his car because they riddle it so bad with bullets that it finally dies. And he just goes and takes this motorcycle guy's motorcycle after he kills that guy. And what's great is he's got that phone from the live stream. And on that phone, the villain, lie, he texts in his group chat, everybody come here. Get here now. Oh, my God. And everybody's like, I'll be there in five. <laughs> I'll be there in whatever. And Joel Cameron's like, I, got, I wish he would have texted. I'll be there in two. I know. Seriously. So he, he sees the group chat, right? And he sees that the main, you know, bad guy, Tattoo Head, he's like, everyone come back to the lair. So, okay, fine. So he knows where everyone's going. I thought that he would be more prepared than this. Yes. No. Now, he, he goes into this freaking lair, but he has, like, a coat. He has a couple of guns, a knife. Don't bury sh- the lead, though. Don't oh. bury the lead. Oh, okay, okay. Because he jumps on a motorcycle. That we've I would assume that he's never driven a motorcycle before. <laughs> of course he has. He learned in his montage. He drives it so fast that he catches up to the bad guys so fast that they're shutting their garage, and he's able to turn on the side of the motorcycle, fly the motorcycle into the guy's car, jump off, and shoot them from an angle. Yeah, it was quite astounding. And then, like, the freaking gasoline's leaking out of the motorcycle. Talk about which direction the gasoline is leaking. Okay. Because it's leaking perfectly what seems to be uphill into the cars. Yeah, it's it not. Is. It's not going down through where they just drove in. No, it's going up. It's going up. Like it sprouted legs and started crawling. It's perfectly leaking a perfect line under their car. Yeah. And he, uh, we know in Mythbusters this is bullshit logic, but he's able to shotgun the motorcycle and blow up into a fireball that for some strange reason blows up another car into all the bad guys. Yes, but it doesn't hit him. And they're Perfectly. in an enclosed, enclosed yeah, space. place and he literally gets nothing. That fireball would have engulfed that whole yeah. tiny space that they were in. And he, did, he by the way, he didn't know. That there was a nice little spot for him to hide when he did this. No. He could it, have been driving right into them and dying It instantly. was just a miracle. You know, he found a little spot and he, he hid behind it and it was just perfect for him. Yeah. And so, now and now what we get for the next next 10 minutes or 15 minutes is that great scene in Daredevil where Daredevil fights up the stairs on that show. Yeah. But imagine if it was boring, where villains just run outdoors like in a video game and you just kill them. Yeah, so it's amazing. So this guy gets shotgunned, one of the Los Locos or whatever. He gets he opens the door, gets shotgunned, and his buddy's like, oh, wow, you were just shotgunned. I'm going to run out this door. Yeah, they and keep doing it. ran out like a bunch of like... Like like the Scooby Doo gang going in and out of the doors. I said like, holy hand grenade. Like yeah. just keep picking yes. it up. They just keep walking out and picking it up, even yeah. though it kill, kills each one. It's unbelievable. Like there's literally a freaking assassin outside the door, and he just shotgunned your buddy in the chest, and you're just gonna run out there. Yeah, and this place doesn't have uh, any elevators. Well, Everybody no, because it's like a stairs. it's a fucking dump. It's like a dilapidated building, and this this guy who's like the head of this gang, and they make you know millions of dollars, you know, running drugs and shit. He lives in this shithole, but the other guy lived in a palace. Yeah. So explain that to me. Well, he is a a drug addict nutcase, so it kind of makes sense, and it, the room is pretty neat. But you're probably wondering to yourselves right now, where is the bad guy during all this? Well, he's having a slow dance. 
So for the next 15 minutes, we're hearing terrible music. These Him and his heroin, he shot her up again with heroin and then has a dance scene with her for 15 minutes while he's killing people going up the stairs. And in their room, they don't hear any of these gunshots. No, because or they're the explosion. having a slow dance, which is very imperative and important to the plot. Yes, apparently. Um. Yeah, we're supposed... I, mean, I can't even tell you. I almost walked out of this fucking movie. And I do not walk out of movies. But watching this scene, I am, so I, I'm like, what are we supposed to be feeling during the scene? Because it literally went on for 15 minutes of him staring into her eyes and having a slow dance with her to music that you cannot slow dance to. It made no sense whatsoever. And I was like, fuck this movie. Fuck this director. I'm out of here. I wanted to get up and go home. I was livid. I'm like, what am I watching? What is this shit? I was like, if they could possibly put more filler in this movie and make it more of a snooze fest, I would like to see it because there's just no way they could top this. It was the biggest snooze fest that it was almost like they were making fun of us. It's like, huh, you sat here and now we're going to punish you further. Yeah. That's, it, that's the way I felt. I felt like I was being punished. No. Oh. Carry on. Sorry. I had my Marantz. I'm good. Well, if that wasn't enough. <sighs> now, suddenly, Kid Cudi shows up. Oh. He has figured it all out. And he oh goes to show God. up. Now, I thought, well, I, I guess he's going to be like in on it. And he's also a bad guy. And he's going to be a part of it. No. Instead, he just gets a random scene where he does John Wick shooting. Yeah, he doesn't he does have up, any backup. Up close. He doesn't bring backup. He does up close headshots like it's like it's gun foo. <laughs> and it's just so out of place and you're like, "Oh, of course the cop can do this." Although they haven't done anything in the city and it's falling apart and he can shoot perfectly like this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, now you're probably thinking to yourself, "Well, here comes the big bad guy fight, right?" Well, no. Uh, <laughs> what happens is these two idiots pair up. They see each other. Uh, he's all pretty mussed up. He had to fight this one bad guy that he thought he killed earlier in the movie. He shows up and they have a fight. Uh, it's not that memorable. Uh, that guy gets shot a bunch of times and still keeps getting up. It's it's so bad. And then they see each other and the cop and him go, yeah, I, I think that you're doing the right thing. Let's kill more people together. So they team up. But instead of going into a boss fight and having a really cool moment with them, no, his girlfriend just starts shooting them with a machine gun through a hallway with a perfect spotlight on them. Yeah, so what happened? And, they were dancing, though. Yeah, they just they were, they were done, and then they heard the e music was still playing. Even better, though. Uh, both our main characters are just riddled with bullets. Riddled. And we're, you know, our uh, guy had a bulletproof vest, but that didn't help. Yeah, the um, cop has nothing. The cop shows up to this building knowing... Knowing that there are gang members and, and guns and bad guys in this building, he shows up with a freaking button-down shirt and some slacks, and he has no vest, no backup, no plan whatsoever. He no plan. shows up but on his own. Neither does our main character. And I forgot to point this out, and I wanted to, and I said I was going to earlier, and I said we got to get to it. Uh so there's a there's a thing called a one take, right? Where you do, do an entire panning of a camera. You set up the shot so things are happening when you're following it with a camera and you don't have to do cuts. But you a lot of these times when they try to do these oneers, they're not real oneers. Like uh 
I think 1914, or is that what it was? 1914 or 1941? What was that movie? Uh, 1914, right? Uh, Where they follow the camera, follow the two guys in the war? 1917. Oh, 1917. Yeah, sorry. 1917. So in 1917, the movie was trying to do that, where you're following these characters with one takes. Well, it's not really one takes. It's kind of a cheat. They actually do cuts, but you have to find them. They have to do clever edits. Now... In that Daredevil movie, a lot of the time they do what's that called? Um, the Texas Switch is a, a thing where a director will use the real actor, and then when he goes behind a wall, and then you see that actor come out again, they're switching out the stunt double, and then that stunt double will go behind like a chair, and then that actor will be behind the chair. So when he gets up, it's the actor again. Mm-hmm. It's a really well, um, well done way to make it look like the action is being done by your main actor so if you're not going to do that you're going to do these really smart edits where you can't tell and you're going to trick the audience thinking that they're doing all this one shot this movie is so sloppy that when he's doing the walk up the stairs while he's fighting he gets his back to the to, to the camera so what they would have done was freeze there then set up the next shot. So when his jacket comes out of the way, they're in the next shot, but it feels seamless. Instead, what happens here is the shot doesn't match up. So the edit is the jacket comes in the frame, and then all of a sudden the jacket's in a different spot. <laughs> and it was like, holy shit. That's just like amateur editing. Like it's just not even done the way it's supposed to be done. It's just so yeah. cheap. And that's this whole movie, right? But what's going back to where we were now, all these two cops, this cop and this, our main character have to do is stand behind the wall while this idiot unloads the clip that she's shooting at them. Mm-hmm. But they keep standing up and keep getting shot. He's literally the worst cop ever. He's yeah, the worst cop. How do you not time? know this? Especially after they just had a scene of showing how badass they were while shooting. Like, they're perfectly shot. They have perfect shots, but neither one of these two can shoot. Now, she's just randomly shooting down. For some reason, her the bullets should be going straight, but for some reason, they're hitting both sides of these pillars. Yes. She Every shot they show her, she's never going side to side, like, spraying wildly. She seems to be in one shot. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just fully, like, loading f- face first. Like, just fr- uh, full on steam ahead. Like, you know, instead of spraying wildly. So why they're getting shot is beyond me, but they're so riddled with bullets now that one of them has to crawl up the side and you're like, okay, I can't wait for them to take her out or maybe the bad guy's going to show up and protect her and it's a bit trap or whatever. No, it's even worse than you can imagine. He gets on the side of her and has the gun to her head after the clip, her clip runs out and he has a, cho- a chance to kill her. And he looks at her and for some reason sympathizes with her. Yeah, she gives him like this puppy dog look. Like her eyebrows are like, you know, she has like that that puppy dog, like sad, sad eyes. Like, I'm just a victim too, you know, don't kill me. But, and he, so he doesn't fucking shoot her. And then you can only imagine what happens after that. You know, this bitch. She pulls out another gun and shoots him. Yeah. I'm like, hello? Like, what, what the f- And so the cop who's shot in the stomach gets up and shoots her because she was just about to take him out take take out joel kennerman no he doesn't shoot her 
She Joe Kinnamer falls to the floor and shoots her three times. One in the head. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Three times he shoots her. Oh, he, that's right. She shot him she, a bunch. She shot him a bunch, and she shot the cop in the gut. Yeah, he's dying. Shouldn't even be able to stand or move. Yes, he he's riddled with bullets at this point. The cop, and so is Joe Kinnamer. And this is my favorite. They go into the next room. Joel Kinnaman just stands up, goes into the other room with the disco balls and whatever the hell you're calling them, the, and finally has a confrontation with the bad guy. Here's and, the thing. Tattoo Head walks out shirtless. You know, he, he doesn't have... That's another thing. Like, I know all the goons are dead. He had goons. They're all dead. But, like, he's so casual in this scene. Like, he doesn't even look, like, surprised or bothered at all he looks very relaxed in in his yep. shirtless seat. he doesn't care that his girlfriend just died nope doesn't care he just had a dance off with her and now he doesn't care that she's even gone and he shoots joel kinnaman again and yep. he falls to the floor he's gonna die right and now th- he goes up to kill him finally kill him and <laughs> that's when out of nowhere the cop shows up in another door across from where they are he was just next to Joel Kinnerman, and now he's all the way on the other side he's of the only, room. Yeah, on the other side. And he shoots amazing. him from behind, or he, like, shoots him, and then he falls to the floor. Both of them fall to the floor, allowing Joel Kinnerman... Now, remember, he's been shot at least seven times. Yep. He is able to stand up, get on top of him, and start strangling him to death. Yeah. And as he's strangling him to death, he looks in one of the big Christmas balls and sees his son. And you think, oh, is he going to not kill him? And no, he does. And it, was, it makes no sense. I don't understand. It was like, how many scenes in this movie do we need of him seeing visions of his son? It's like, okay, we fucking get it, you yeah. assholes. We, we didn't even talk about the music box breaking. And, oh, God. And him listening to the music box and over and over he and over. He had this fucking music box that was in his kid's room. And it was like some kind of like sign or like like some kind of... Um, like a I, reflection of his son. I know and everything is though. And he kept playing it. And he kept playing it, and over and over and over the stupid fucking music box. And then we have to endure that through the whole movie. And then he he sees his kid everywhere. And I mean, there's a scene in the movie where he sees his child in the face of another child, some random child at a store, and he kneels down and he hugs this child. Meanwhile, his mother, the kid's mother. Is not even taken aback at all. No, she freaks out. She grabs him up and runs in. I mean, she didn't. I mean, I would have kicked the, the guy cops. in the balls. I would have been like, "Get your fucking hands off my kid!" You yeah. know. I but mean, then again, just, she just uh, allowed a drug dealer probably to get some ice cream. That's true. He just yeah, he got money from that's happening out there too. Nino Brown out there. Yeah. But it's just unbelievable uh, how how this they just keep shoveling it down your throat. I'm like, oh my god, I can't take anymore. So if you. I'm glad you said all that because if that wasn't enough, these two, now the cop is able to come. Now, I'm just going to say that he killed the bad guy. No fight. He just strangled him to death. Early on in the movie, the uh, the tax guy that works for them, the guy that he kidnapped, the guy that's like their money man, he put up more of a fight than the main bad guy. Yes. Like, that's how I was like, okay, we're dealing with the accountant, you know, the, the gang banging accountant. Yeah. And he had more, like, you know, he was like a beast. He had more fight in him than our tattoo head. Yeah. And so, I don't understand. He just goes out, just 
lets him choke him to death without fighting him. That's it. He just gets choked and, out and he's dead. Yeah, deadly. doesn't punch him in the side, doesn't poke at an eye. He just lets him strangle him to death. Yeah, see, see, this is the thing about this movie. Like, you, you go through all of this shit and all of these freaking goons to get to the main bad guy and you're not going to do any torture things. You're not going to make him feel what yeah. you felt. You're not going to make him feel your pain. You're not going to tell him what he did. You're not going to make sure he knows that, you know, you're there to take him out and, you know, take his life the way he destroyed your life and whatever. Nothing. There's no conversation. Nothing. There's nothing. It was just no payoff. done. And to make it worse, he lays on his back under the, the Christmas balls to stare at them like an angel. And then Kid Cuddy comes over and lays next to him, and he's going to die. And they both smile at each other. Like they're having a moment. It, they have not, they haven't had He got a this cop thing. killed. Yes. he. Well, he did get the cop killed, but the cop actually got himself killed because he's, dumb. he's dumb. He's the yeah. worst no, cop no, in no the doubt. history of cops ever. Um, you know, you but, show up to a freaking gunfight with no vest and no backup. You're a fucking moron. He showed up in, in khakis and loafers. Like, who does that? Yeah. And, but, uh, but they both lay there, and then so we only zoom in on his, uh, our main character as he looks up at the um, the Christmas balls, and they turn into the child's life. Yep. And the, the best part is, born. just like in Raising Arizona, we get the salad days, we get the we get the flash forward. We actually see what it would have been like if the kid would have survived, and he's is graduating college. Yeah, like okay, no. what the. I, I was done 25 minutes into this movie. I wanted to go home. But this, it had me enraged to the to point, like, I, I literally just, I couldn't take anymore. I was enraged. And I, I'm just like, first of all, why? Why? Why do we need all this shit? Like, you're seeing his life as it would have or could yeah. have been. And it's only like one second because what? they go back to him being a kid again. It's really strange. Yeah, he was, they showed him being born. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, everyone in this movie just annoyed the piss out of me. Yeah. They were all awful. I couldn't take it. Yeah. And then we have to get his, the kid's tombstone where we find out that he built a train set around it, and it's running in a cemetery. I don't know how without electricity, but oh, they have batteries in those. And then the, he left a letter for the wife, and she reads it, and we have to read it with her. And it's a terrible letter that virtually says, "Look, I understand you love me as good as you could, but then you couldn't anymore, and I don't blame you. It's not on you. It's on me." And you know what? Ah, I thought I could live with it, but I can't. I gotta do this. Yep. All right, I have thanks. to get revenge. And so she's—they show her. They zoom in on her face again. again. And she's crying oh, again. Tear dropping, which again. is literally this actress's whole job yep. in this movie. Yep. Um, so bad. I, I just, I, I feel bad for people that are involved in this. This is a terrible movie. Terrible. It, it, it's a mess. I cannot believed that this thing was released now i'm gonna ask you do you think this movie was filmed way later because in the movie it's taking place in 2022 well it's supposed to be 2021 and then a year goes by yeah and we're then in it's... 2022 the whole movie yeah yeah uh, my point is why would they have done that unless it was supposed to release in 2022 so I was wondering if this was on a shelf or if this had a lot of problems and they had to keep editing it. 
I mean, maybe. I don't know. I read some trivia, but it doesn't tell you nothing. It's just, you know, yeah. crap. If I had to guess, that Kid Cudi character probably wasn't even in the movie. There's and no he, reasoning for him and to And then be. he was just edited in to add some scenes because he really doesn't make sense in the movie. There's Yeah, there's no reasoning for him to be in this movie. He's the most terrible cop of all time. And he, he's just, it's just, it's pointless. It's, he can't even act with his face. And that's the whole point of this movie. You have to act with your face because there's no dialogue. Yeah. And he couldn't even do that. And there are some motherfuckers on IMDb giving this a 10 out of 10. I oh can't handle God. it. I'm not even reading it. I can't do it. That's, can't. that's wild. I can't do it. Are you serious? Yep. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm, I, I can't do it. I'm the- not doing my segment. I just can't. <laughs> I can't handle it. I cannot so, handle this movie anymore. On, I didn't say it in the opening again. I kind of remember this in the future. But on Talking Trash, we always ask the question, is this the worst movie ever made? And if it's not, what is? So my question to you is, is this the worst movie ever made? No. No. It's not, it's but I not. can tell you it's a piece of shit. So on our list of movies that are the worst movies list that we're, we've started, where is this one going to fall for you? Because... Well, what would you give this out of 10? I'm giving it a four. Wow, that's way higher than I thought you were going to go. I'm giving it a four because it wasn't filmed poorly, but it's questionable. It was bad shit. I mean, there's a lot of good action scenes that, like the fight scenes, I was like, wow, okay, these people are getting hurt. But otherwise, I I give it to the stunt people. But, um, I, I. I mean, I want to say it's a three, but. Yeah, I think I might be going three on this one. This one's bad. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a three. It's like, it's so laughably bad. I I was surprised. This movie is bonkers. Like, if this had dialogue, it would have been even worse. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm giving it a three. You're right, because this movie brought out the rage in me. Like, I'm literally sitting there in the movie theater wishing that I was watching literally anything else yeah anything about 30 minutes in you said i want to leave or yes. 40 minutes in, you're like, I was like i'm done get i want to leave out of here like we do not walk out of movies i never walk but out of i will here. tell you that i was in pain and i didn't have any more popcorn so i was like god damn it i didn't have anything to snack on i had nothing to drink <laughs> i'm sitting there just like I, I i can't i can't handle this anymore i, I can't I, I was just i wanted out of this it was a freaking disaster I hated it. So was this in the top four on our list right now? Like, well, Mortal Kombat Annihilation still wins. It's yeah. the trashiest movie that we, that I've seen. Um, but the second... What was the second worst? I forget. Yeah, so for you right now, it's Mortal Kombat Annihilation, Mask of the Red Death, and Invasion USA. <laughs> which <sighs> which is... This isn't even going to come out. Invasion USA is going to come out next week. Yeah, but because we moved this up because we were so shocked okay. about this one. Okay, well, I, I honestly would, I, I can't. It, it's definitely. I'm gonna say it's, it's better than Invasion USA. Oh, is it better than Bucket of Blood '95? No. No, it's not. At least we could laugh at that one. Okay, so this is our number four. Good, good lord! Back to back with the action movies. I mean, really I gave, hitting the bo- the bottom of the barrel. I gave Invasion USA a three, also, but I'm gonna say that this one is, oh, oh god! I, I mean, it's better than that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it. Mm, what? It's better than Invasion USA. 
Yeah, this is number four. Yeah, this is number four. Number four. I think so. This too. movie was pure trash, man. I, I don't. I can't even. I don't even want to talk about this movie anymore. It pissed me <laughs> off. It, it just pissed me off so bad, and I never wanted to leave the theater this bad. Yeah. I don't think. I, this, oh, except for surprising. when I watched Babylon, I wanted to leave. When I watched Babylon. Oh, Babylon. But yeah, I can understand. I think that I wanted to leave the theater worse. In this one. Yeah. Oh, me too. Oh, this this one I was more shocked. In, at least in Babylon, you had some stuff that you actually liked. There's definitely things in Babylon that are good. Yeah. This movie, on the other hand, the, it, everything about this movie is questionable. It is. Questionable. This is, like I said, if this had dialogue, holy shit, what would have been? It would have been five times worse. It would have been like Face Off or something where it was just even more corny. We would have given this a one, I, I don't. I don't know if I would have hit that, but. There's dialogue? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've i said it multiple times before that we should have done Broken Arrow on here once, but uh, th- this one, yeah, this is this takes a cake. This is this was a very big surprise. I actually thought when I saw the previews that it kind of looked like it was going to be fun, and I also thought they were going to play Christmas music during some of these fight scenes, and they were mm-hmm. going to like score the Christmas music to the fights. None of it. No, we no had to listen to a music. fucking music box the whole entire time. Yeah, it's it's almost like someone removed all the music out of it. And whatever call you call that shit that he was listening to when he was dancing with the girl, yeah. I have no idea what that shit it, was. It sounded like sample music. It was just yeah. weird. All right, though. Uh, Don't see this. Don't just if even if it comes on streaming, just skip over it. Watch anything else. Watch literally anything else. Anything you can, just watch Ed Wood. It'll be better I, I'm than I'm just this. saying, go watch, you know. Any Edward movies. There seems like there's so much better action. It, it's, you know, John Woo is very lucky that he ever got that idea that he was this great action uh, director because I do not see it. You wanted this movie to be simple. This movie could have been so simple. All you had to do in this movie was have the movie start with this child's death. Mm-hmm. Him run out and the whole movie, him trying to get revenge. Right. This movie should have been more like falling down or something like, well, he's just lost his mind and he's going to go and get revenge on everybody in the city who's doing bad things. Yeah. But instead, they make them live like the next street over in Gangland, USA, which is so weird for this family. Um, I, I'm just, I, I, the worst use of. Like flashbacks, the worst, just the worst everything. This movie sucked. <laughs> it can bite my ass. I'm over this movie. All right. So we're getting out of here. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. The idea, though, for you, which I think is tough, you don't speak in the whole film. It's a hardcore, hard-boiled, intense action movie, but the kicker on this is that there is not a single line of dialogue in the whole film. But this is very interesting, because I, I met your beautiful uh, fiancé backstage, yeah. and, and, and you said, uh, I'm going to go method acting with this role. I've never really done like a method acting process like that. I like, touched on it a little bit, and then when I got the script, I was like, this is the one. You know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go full, full method on this one. So, so I, I talked to Kelly, and I was like, listen, this is going to be a tough one for our relationship. I'm not going to talk for the whole shoot wow. and, um, and not talk with you either. So we're, we're, like, we're not going to have any communication. Well, I think it's a bad idea. Yeah, she, and she was, she was like, uh, what, the, what the hell are you talking about? Like, yeah. uh, you're going to go off and shoot a movie for two months and we're not going to say goodnight to each other? I was like, nope, this is I am an artist. That's right. 